Well, good morning. <laughs> kind of give out this morning. We got in bed at 1.20 this morning, but anyway, we were here on time, and I was afraid we might not be because we were kind of draggy getting around, but anyway... We're here, and I'm glad you're here, and I hope and pray that the the importance is that if God's here, that's the main thing. And you might be turning to Romans chapter 6. I'd say it's a beautiful morning, and I know you know that. Thank God for that. As Brother Bell's already said, They're forecasting some storms this afternoon or this evening, and I hope and pray that God will uh, not harm us or keep us from harm. But we are are dealing uh, in the book of Romans, and the book of Romans, as you know, is a favorite reading for me, and it's not my favorite because I can live up to it. It's my favorite because it tells us so plainly what God has done and who we are by nature and what we need and where we're going to go when we leave here. But this portion of Romans deals with a whole lot with Christian warfare. And As I have looked at Christian warfare down through the years, and I noticed Brother Chris did this pretty good this morning, I tried to examine myself, and you can read the verses and you can apply them, but you don't ever really get to the full meaning of how God did what he did for us from a standpoint of daily living. Uh, I know that the Lord is our shepherd and we shall not want, and and that's true. But thank God that, that he let us know about the things that we're studying about, that you get saved and... And I've had young Christians, a few... Uh, shake my hand or hug my neck and say, boy, my troubles are over now, aren't they? And, and I have to be careful there. I usually say, for eternity they are. But in your life, they're not. And, and we enter into a Christian warfare. And Christian warfare, there's another thing about it. Uh, and I'm repeating what somebody else said. If you're saved, your soul is saved, your body is not saved. I mean, when you look at me, you don't look at a saved body. You look at a body that's falling apart. And, and, and one man said, well, I thought we're saved. Well, we are, but the flesh is not saved yet. See, the flesh is saved by hope. See, when we get into that and the Romans is still in there, we're saved by hope. Well, now, some people take that to mean, I hope I'm saved. 
When I get over there, I'll find out. That's not what that means. That's not what that means. Our soul is saved by grace through faith. And our body is saved through hope. Hope of the resurrection. See? Now, Paul is dealing right here with us, as Brother Billy said, we're trying to save our mind. That's why he's spending these chapters here telling Christians what to expect. You see what I mean? Now, let me say this, and I, th- I, I hope I can say it correctly and not be misunderstood. Christian warfare is also a place where men can be hypocrites. We can say, I mean, men can say, I'm saved, but, but, but I, I, I still have affinity for things in the world. And you've got to be careful there, I think. Because, as I said the other day, you've got a two, two ditches in that road. See, you can say, I have sinned, and put an excuse on the flesh. And justify yourself. You see what I mean? Or you can go the other route and say, I'm so holy that that if I make a mistake, am I lost? See? And and so you study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. That's how we deal with that, I think. Okay, so, so uh, Brother Chris uh, uh, led right into the lesson this morning, and we're going to be dealing with that. And if my memory serves me correctly, last Sunday, I got down to uh, cha- verse 17 of chapter 6. So let me back up to verse 15 and, and get, us, get our minds where I want it to be, if you will. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. See? Now you can't use, and please God, you can't use that for a liberty to sin. And I I think that most of us have done that a little bit at least. See? I'm just, I'm just teaching. I'm not, I'm not getting on anybody. See? But, but God took care of sin. Now, sometimes young people, especially young Christians, they might think, well, God saved me. Now then I'm safe from, uh, from my living in this sinful place and I'm, I'm going to be insulated from all that, ain't I? And the answer is no. See? Uh, let me give you an example. Paul said, I say that you eat not with fornicators, but not altogether in the world. Now, what does that scripture mean? Well, I think it means not to eat with fornicators in the church, the Lord's Supper. But, when you go out there where you work and they ask you to go to lunch, do you say, no, I can't go because you've got two living wives? Huh? You can't do that. You see what he's saying? 
Now that's what it says to me. But, but, now, we got to be careful as Christians. That's why uh, Jesus, one of the disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Now, a lot of people call that the Lord's Prayer, but it isn't. It's Him instructing us how to pray. And he, had, and he had a, and when he closed it, it closed with, lead us not into temptations, but deliver us from evil. Now, Jesus didn't have to pray that for him. See, he was teaching us to pray it. I need to pray it. I don't want to be led into temptations. See, now, I'm saying that to say this. The devil will lead you into temptations. I've been in a couple of places at least where I was pretty well forced, it seemed like, to do something that was unscriptural. Now, I'm talking about dealing with men. I'm not talking about over at my house, in my bedroom, or or in my living room. I'm talking about dealing with men. And I just breathed a prayer, Lord, deliver me from this. And you know what? He did. He made a way of escape. Now I'm talking about temptations. And the devil, I don't care how saved you are, the devil is going to tempt you. And, and, and can I say this? And I, and I want to say it with sympathy <laughs> from that standpoint for those of you that are still working. I used to be out there. I used to hear words that I didn't want to hear. I used to hear the Lord's name taken in vain. Uh, sometimes I would correct it and get a dirty look. And, but, but anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm at my house a lot of times, and I don't hear that, and thank God. I'm pleased that I don't hear it. But it don't mean that I ought to just stay in my sealed house and say, I'm too good to go out there and hear that. I'm a goody-goody. You can't do that. You got to go out there where they are. Even me, I got to go out there amongst them some. See what I mean? And, and of course, if you're working in public works, it's, uh, it, it seems to be more prevalent of these kind of things. See what I mean? And you're not always in a position to rebuke evil. See, and, and, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to philosophize, I'm not trying to tell you, I'm just trying to say what, what the scriptures we're studying about today, what, what are they telling us? Well, first of all, I want to say, fight the good fight of faith, wherever you are. You may not be able to preach to everybody, you may not be able to, you may not, they may not even ask you to pray when you eat. But you can say a prayer in private. Thank God for your food. Okay. I think I read one verse. Verse 16. Know you not that to whom you yield yourselves, servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Okay. Now to me, the key, the key word there is yield. Yield. What do you yield yourself to? See? And I'm saying to you Christians, 
Many times you're subjected to things that does not please you. You're not in control. But, but you still can keep yourself unyielded from that situation. See? And, I, and we have plenty of examples in the Bible. Plenty of examples in the Bible. One I'm thinking about right now, a great example, is the three Hebrew children in the book of Daniel. Man, I mean, you're talking about in the flesh being under pressure. You see that fire there? You going to deny God? They said, no, we're not. Well, in the fire, you're going. Okay, Mr. Okay, Mr. King, you might throw us in the fire, but we're not denying. Now, now that is, to me, the best example. But you and I don't always do that. See what I mean? But that don't mean, that don't mean if you make a mistake, God kicks you out. See? Because we're children of God by faith. And, and, and all that the Father gives me shall come, and I will, I, I will, all that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. See? And, and, and so that is what we're dealing with this morning. <clears throat> all right, verse 17. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin. Now, see, what's he talking about? He's talking about what we used to be. Man, most of us, when we were sinners, we loved sin, like one preacher said, and we, and we eat it like hoggy, hogs ate slop. Right. Well, one of them old-time preachers said. And that's right. right. I was sinful, and I didn't want anybody bothering me about it. I was happy in it. See? But ye have obeyed from the heart. Okay. I want to touch national religion right there. You've obeyed it from where? See, a lot of people's got religion in their mind. But you've got to have it in your heart. With the heart man believeth. Now, if you don't have it in your heart, then, then you won't be, you won't be freed from the sin, not even in God's sight, and not even in your own body. <coughs> You won't be freed from it. Sin has you shackled. Did not I read last weekend, last Sunday, in Peter, where these, these that Peter was talking about, they couldn't cease from sinning? How many people have you met? <clears throat> they might curse a, a, a blue streak, or they might tell a dirty joke, and when they find out you're a, Christ, a Christian, they go to presenting their religion. I, I just I just stand amazed at that, and I'm saying in my, I, I usually don't tell them that. I'm saying, don't start that stuff. Right. You know, you do what you want to do. That's what, in America, that's what humans yes. do. Exactly. We do what we want to do. Right. <clears throat> okay? Now, if you're saved, you want to do right. But as that man read this morning, but I find not how to do it always. See? Is that your case? That's my case. We find not always how to do it. All right? <clears throat> Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. 
See? Now, who were we used to be? Servants of sin. Now we're servants of righteousness. See what I mean? I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh, for as you have yielded your for as you have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield ye yield your members servants to righteousness and unto holiness. See? Now if you could not do that as God's servant, why is it in the Bible? You see what I mean? Now what Paul's really, really aiming at here <clears throat> is to get us Christians to live a holy life. You know, have a prayer life, be concerned about your neighbor, Love your, love your friends, love your church, love your neighbors. See, as a Christian. Now, <clears throat> I think we've already made a reference to this, but we don't always want to be holy, do we? One preacher said, you're driving down the interstate at speed limit, a fella cuts out in front of you, making about 90 miles an hour, and suddenly cuts in front of you and misses you by about four feet, your first impulse is not to say, God bless you. Mine's not. See? And, and so that's, and I'm not getting on you. I'm just saying that's what we're dealing with. See? Our soul is saved. Our body's going to be saved. And right now we're in this world. We're trying to save our mind. We save it to serve the Lord. <clears throat> All right. For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. See, that's what I said a while ago. Uh, <clears throat> I was raised in a rural community where they had a Baptist church and a strict preacher. And, and, and I think I told you this before. I got under conviction and I was running from God as hard as I could. I mean, I, I didn't want to go to church. My parents said, yes, you're going. And anyway, <clears throat> but what I'm driving at, I was free from righteousness. Righteousness, uh, and I would say to myself things like, uh, well, you're lost and you ought to be saved. And, 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 my, and my answer to that to myself would be, I couldn't live like them. I, I couldn't. I, what, what was I doing? I was making manifest that I was free from righteousness. See? Now, as a sinner, and, and, and I didn't really know intricate details I just knew I just knew God was God and 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 I had not ever trusted him and the preacher said uh, uh, the preacher said if you didn't get born again in the heart you'd go to hell when you die and I mentally believed that but but I was free from righteousness because I didn't want anything to do with it for me now that's a shame, and I'm and I'm 
And I'm stating that. But, but that's what he's saying here. <clears throat> For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had you then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? See, in other words, <clears throat> what kind of fruit do you expect as a lost person? See? And I know, I know everybody, every rational-minded American's got a thought, well, I want to I have plenty to eat, and I want to have this, and I want to have that. And, and all of that's not wrong if you don't put it before God. But, but, see, what fruit had you in those things wherever you're now ashamed? See, and I am ashamed of things I did. I'm ashamed of things that I did before I saved. Very ashamed. And I just thank God every morning. Thank you, God, for forgiving me. That's why I don't have any trouble with where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. See? And, and, and you know, sometimes we think, some of us do, how God could have saved a sinner like me. Boy, like that song said a while ago. See? On Calvary, he prayed, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Man, that's the most gracious words. Some of the most gracious words I could think of. Lord, you're praying to be, for you to forgive them Romans and forgive them Pharisees and to forgive me. See? Now, somebody said, well, I wasn't as bad as them. Well, you might not have been morally, but you're as bad off as they were. The wages of sin is death. See? For everybody. God made that a statement. <clears throat> We're going to read that in a minute. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. All right? Let me read that again, verse 21. What fruit had you then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. See? Now the sinner stays out there and he persuades himself. I don't, I, for some reason, he doesn't want to get saved. But, but what's the end of that? <coughs> what brings forth death anyway? Sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. That's physically and spiritually. See? Now it's one thing to die physically, but it's another thing to die the second death. When you die the second death, you're a goner. You ain't coming back. That's just what the Bible says. See? And so most of us in here, the preacher bowed, bowed, uh, uh, he, he emphasized that to us and it got us thinking about it and the Holy Ghost said what he's saying is right and we feared death. I feared death. See? Of course, I was a youngster at that time and, and uh, in the flesh, I didn't think death was near. But it could have been. The Bible says the young die as well as the old. See? 
So <clears throat> the end of those things is death. 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 Now death is an enemy. Death is an enemy of human beings. None of us in our right mind wants to die, not even physically. See? Why? Death's our enemy. Praise God. I read in 1 Corinthians 15 where the last, de- last enemy that is going to be destroyed is death. Jesus Christ abolished death. Is that good news? Somebody said, what's the gospel? The gospel's good news. Jesus Christ abolished death. And I've explained it before, and I'll say this briefly. Everybody here says, now, Mr. Pollard, I know everybody in here is going to die if the world lasts long. I know that. But you'll die in the flesh. But what about your soul? What about your soul? Ecclesiastes, I think it's in the last chapter. I, I, I won't quote it, but I'll, I'll paraphrase it. It says, it says the, the, the body will go back to the dust, which it came from, and the soul will go back to God that gave it. The soul. See? We used to sing an old song, where the soul of man never dies. See? And it don't. The soul never dies. Your soul is going to be somewhere alive. See? And I don't have time to explain what little I know about that. But your soul is the innermost being of you. It's where your passions come from. It's where your part of your body that you make decisions. See? And according to, uh, is it Thessalonians? A man is body, spirit, and soul. See? When you have a funeral and you see a, a body in the, in the, in the uh, coffin, what's there? The soul and the spirit's not there. The body's there. See? So the Bible deals with that. All right? Verse 22. Being now, but now being made free from sin and become servants of God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. See? All right, Christian. Where's our fruit? See? What are you dealing with this morning, Mr. Pollard? I'm dealing with Christian warfare. Where's our fruit? It's in holiness. See? Now there again, you know, I can be a hypocrite. Well, I've got to show them people I'm holy. Let me do something really holy here. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about we need to be holy in spirit and holy in body. Not holier than thou. I think a lot of people have made some mistakes right there. Let me look down on him. He don't live up to where I am. I can't do that. Can't do that. Jesus shed his blood for me equally for him. Why? Because we both need it. See? He didn't shed more blood for me than he did for him. He didn't shed more for him than he did for me. See? 
Why? We were without Christ and no hope in the world. All right? <clears throat> everlasting life. And the end, everlasting life. That's really important. What's your end going to be? What's your end going to be? Is your end going to be everlasting life? Now, if the Lord is dealing with you in your heart and you're lost, you can have everlasting life. And the Bible just over and over and over says it's a gift. I know our human nature and the devil plays on us. Well, what do I have to give God? Well, I have to give up this and I have to give up that. Well, what do I... No, 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 no. No, no. It's like I said a while ago. The devil would say, you couldn't live like them. Well, let me say something to you. When you get saved, God changes your want-tos. And I'm, and I'm spending my time this morning saying, it don't make you holier than thou. But it makes you a son of God because of the shed blood of his son. See, God, all through the Bible, and you Bible readers know this, from the, from the start, even, even uh, Cain and Abel, God required a blood atonement. Right on down. And boy, we get the book of Hebrews, and he explains that so well. See? The blood of bulls and goats never took away sin. Not one sin did the blood of a bull or goat take away. But, but, but God had that done in the law to show mankind that it took atonement, blood atonement, to get rid of sin. And when Jesus Christ came in, praise God for chapter 9 of Hebrews, he had somewhat to offer also. Where did he offer that? On, in, over there in the tabernacle? As far as I read the New Testament, Jesus, Jesus went into the temple, but he never went into the, to the Holy of Holies. Why? Because he wasn't that kind of, he wasn't a high priest after that order. He was a high priest after the order of Melchizedek, which was in heaven. And he appeared in heaven itself, now to appear for us. Amen. And when he came in, and I, and I just read it this week, and I glory in that. You know, when he rose, and this is a small point, but it's important to me. When he rose that morning and the women come down there looking for him and Mary was the first person he, and, and she said, Rabbi! He said, don't touch me. I have not yet appeared to the Father. What'd that mean? And she wanted to hug him. She wanted to. And the, the implication is, Mary, I cannot be touched between my death and appearing before God with one fingerprint of humans. That's how vile we are. In God's sight. But wait a minute. That afternoon, that evening, is on the road to Emmaus, it said the same day. When he appeared to the apostles, and they said, touch me. Handle me. See if I'm not. What had happened? 
What had happened? That's right. He went to heaven. One man said, did he go at the speed of, uh, speed of light? <laughs> Preacher said, no, he went at the speed of thought. So he could be here at a moment, next moment be up there in the third heaven. I don't understand that. That's just what it, that's just what it indicates. See? So Mary, I can't, I love you. You're a, you're a great follow of me, but I can't have your fingerprint on me. All right. <clears throat> okay. Now being made free from sin, become the servants of God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Okay, now get this. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What is it? What is it? It's a gift. It's a gift. God just wants to give it to you. See, but like I said, you can't just sit and wait. Well, I'll wait, I'll wait and see if something happens. Why don't you ask God to move you towards Him? See? And you can have everlasting life freely. Freely. See, if you're lost, and I'm not, I'm not the Holy Spirit, so I don't know who's lost and who's saved. But let me say this, and I say it in love. If you've never experienced the love of God in your heart and, you, and your sins being forgiven in your heart, you're lost. And, I, and we pray for you and we love you and we hope that you will get saved. Whoever you are. Okay, I'm out of time. Thank you for listening to me this morning. How many Bibles did we have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Thank you. Thirteen. We'll take an offering. Thank you, brother. Here, would you take this?